Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Do you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will yes. you come to the water of life? Yes. You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him will you drink deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He stood up and he asked a question. But it was not an honest question. It was a question to test. He thought he understood all the answers. And so he asked Jesus, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered, What is written in the law? 
How do you read it? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus answered, Yes, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Now the Holy Spirit reveals the heart of this man. The Holy Spirit knows what's in your heart. He knows if you're playing games or if you're right up front with Jesus. The scriptures say, but he desiring to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Well, let's stop a minute. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for coming and listening to this word. It will be a word that will set you free. It will be a word that will call you to a deep place in Jesus. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. But it's much more than that. It's the story of how Jesus has come to work with us. Let's pray. Lord, we don't come asking what must we do to be saved. We don't come to test you. We come to say we believe in you, Jesus. And we come asking in your great mercy that you would see our condition, that you would cut through all of the falseness of our claims about how we are with you, Jesus, that you would uncover the truth of our hearts before you, that you would send us to the house of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your mighty name, and I praise and honor and glorify you. You see our hearts. You just cut right through. Thank you, Lord. Come in the name of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Amen. This man was trying to justify himself, and in response, Jesus tells this incredible story. He says, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers. I'm going to stop and give you commentary on each step of what's going to happen in this story. He fell among robbers. That is, he joined a band of people who were going the same direction. Perhaps he thought it would be safer if they traveled together. 
But when it says he fell among robbers, he decided to travel with thieves. Their response was at some point they turned and they beat him. They demanded his clothing. He didn't want to give them his clothing. I asked a little boy yesterday at the National Prayer Chapel, would you ever think of taking off your clothes and lying naked on the floor in front of people? Oh, no. And he covered his face. He was embarrassed at even the thought. Well, these robbers stripped this man out. They beat him until he was only barely conscious. He was half dead. And they departed, and they left him that way, half dead. Well, what was it that he did not want to give up? The scriptures don't tell us that they took his money. Now, they probably did. But the scriptures instead tell us that they stripped him of his clothing. Well, what did they take from him? His dignity. They also took from him his robe of righteousness. He's a Jew. His robe of righteousness. What color was the robe of righteousness? Purple. Top half of a robe, or the top half of a of a curtain, as in the temple. It was blue. The bottom part was red. So the red and the blue had merged, producing purple. This man wanted to keep his purple robe of righteousness. They tore it from him. I want you to see The devil comes to tear away our robe of righteousness. And he comes and beats us to take it from us. They left him half dead. In other words, he is now sprawled in the dirt, in the brilliance of the sun. He is the most pitiful-appearing man. He is naked before them. He is shamed before him. They have taken his robe of righteousness and left him broken, dying on the Jericho Road. This is what Satan wants to do to you and has done. He's done this to every human person 
For all men fall short of the glory of God. And every one of us, according to the word in Romans, third chapter, there's none of us left righteous. We have all been stripped of our robe. And we've been left dying on that Jericho Road. Some of you have such a consciousness of of your lack of what's happened to you in your life. Your shame, your anger, your bitterness. And you don't know how to regain your robe that will cover your nakedness that will change you once more into a respectable person. See, respect comes from the inside of our heart. But when that's all been taken from us, we can cover ourselves with fig leaves. Many try. Many try to cover themselves with, with money. Many try to cover themselves with good works. But every man knows that on the inside, he's ugly and shameful and without hope. But we try to cover ourselves with religion. Religion is unable to cover our shame or our nakedness. It's a false covering. Some of us try to cover ourselves with our own righteousness. Once more, we know the truth about ourselves. A man overcomes his sin until he does it again. He knows the truth about himself. Paul in Romans 7 said, In myself, in my carnal nature, there is nothing good. It's all evil. He knew his true condition until he received his new robe. Now as he's he's laying there half dead, in fact he's dying, the sun will soon take every every bit of moisture and life from him. He will be gone. Now by chance it says in Jesus' story, a priest a priest was going down the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Why would he pass by on the other side? Well, who was a priest? A priest was a man who offered the atoning sacrifice 
A priest was the law. This man is a sinner man. He's condemned to die. The priest knows that he has no ability to save this man with his with his law. The law only condemns. Now, is the law sinful? Paul addresses this in, again, the book of Romans. No, the law is righteous and good, but it, it's me. This man laying in the dirt knows that this priest can't help him. The law cannot help you. I know people I love who constantly go back to the law. Something wrong. I'm not right. Look how bad I am. There's no hope for me. I've got to correct this and I've got to correct that. There has to be some way for me to make this thing right. No, there isn't. The law does not make any man righteous. The law only points out the the wickedness of our heart. It only increases our understanding of the bitter, bitter desperation of our hearts. So a man says, I'm a Christian. Well, are you still walking in the way of sin? Well, yes, I am, but it doesn't matter because I'm saved. Wrong. Wherever the law comes and there is sin, the law will point it out and will condemn you. The law cannot cover you. You can pretend Jesus' blood covered me and I walked away from my encounter with Jesus and I am still a wicked sinner. then you were not born again from above. You are still operating with the priest. And the priest comes along and he sees you. And he walks on by. Because the law cannot save your soul. Now, the priest is well past. The man is still laying, bleeding on the road. There's no hope for him. He's dying. The priest, with his law, could do nothing for him. The atonement of animal sacrifices, according to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, cannot remove sin from you. And Romans 6, the last verse says, the wages of sin is death. So the law has condemned to die. That's all the law can do. It can point out sin. And so we see the priest 
the back of the priest as he's going on down the road. He had nothing for us. Then comes a Levite. He came to the, the same place and he looks down and he sees the man broken and bruised, bleeding and dying. But he also passes by on the other side. You understand? The priest is the law. The Levite is all the rituals of the church. The celebrations of the Old Testament. Some Christians try to convince me to keep Passover. No. The Levite who would set the Passover up passed by on the other side. He said, I have no ritual that will help you. Mr. Sinner Man, you're lying there. You've lost your robe of righteousness. I'm a Levite. I set up everything for the rituals of the church. The rituals of the church cannot save you. They'll comfort you. But when you're naked and you're dying, it's not some comfort you need. It's healing you need. It's restoration. It's change that you need. The bitterness of your heart, the anger of your spirit, the refusal to turn aside from sin, whether it be fornication or or masturbation or sodomy, indecency. A man said to me, I gave in and I and I masturbated. You married yourself. That's not what intercourse is for. We try to do for ourselves what makes us feel good. But we're still lying on the road, dying, because we don't know of any person who can come down that road and heal us. And we like to do what makes us feel a modicum better. We like to find some comfort. But it still leaves us dying on the road. Today the church has many rituals. The Levite comes by. He says, no, I can't help you. You'll enjoy the comfort it brings you. But religion of ritual. Some people, 
some churches, if you even begin to suggest that you don't need to do the Eucharist every Sunday, they freak out. No, that ritual is what they want. They don't really know what it means. They're still lying without the robes of righteousness. They think they have the robe of salvation, but if they have the robe of salvation, why are they still lying naked on the road? Why are they still caught up in the midst of their wickedness, their iniquity, their sin? No, the priest walked by because the law could do nothing The Levite walks by because the rituals of the church can do nothing for you. And then a Samaritan who was only a a half Jew and half something else. He came along, and as he he came to where this man lay, he saw him. He had compassion. He bent over him, cleansed his wounds by pouring on oil and wine. He cleaned the wounds out. Then he sat this man on his own animal, on his donkey. And he brought him to an inn. He took care of him there. This is Jesus, who was only half Jewish but he was half God. Fully man and fully God. The next day, took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper. I wonder if there was a a denarii given for each thousand years until Jesus would come. Don't know. But I look at this, and suddenly I see Jesus coming and bending over a broken, bloody, dying human person. Binding up his wounds. Now, all of us have wounds. Deep, deep wounds. Until Jesus comes. He binds up those wounds. Puts oil and wine on them. In other words, there can be no infection. 
Jesus heals us. He restores us. Now, some of you are suffering such grievous wounds from the one who came to steal your robe of righteousness. Came to steal your purple robe. Came to take it. And you've been suffering. You know the law can do nothing for you. You know the rituals of the church never helped you stop your sin. But Jesus comes and bends over you. And he doesn't leave you laying on the road. Dying. Doesn't leave you there. Where does he take you? He takes you to the inn. Please, he takes you to the inn of the Holy Spirit. And there the Holy Spirit begins to care for you as Jesus goes on. He said, it's good for you that I go. Because if I go, I'll send to you the Comforter. Send to you the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yes. I have a very straight word for those of you listening. Do not imagine that Jesus will ever leave you dying on the Jericho Road. He will not do that. What he will do is, by his precious blood, bind up your wounds and bring you to the Holy Spirit. You are not alone. You have not been left alone. You are under the full care of the Holy Spirit. But you must respond to the Holy Spirit by saying, I am finished with that Holy Spirit. I will no longer hamper myself, feel sorry for myself. I will divorce my past. I will not allow the past to determine who I am today because today the Holy Spirit is putting a purple robe on my life. And that purple robe covers my nakedness. I am I am washed and clean. The Holy Spirit will give you back your dignity. Some of you listening to this broadcast very seriously want to be followers of Jesus Christ, but you are still weighed down by the past. 
by your failures, by others' failures. Now it's time to forget the past, to leave it. I trust the Holy Spirit to do a work in my heart. I think I told you, but I'm going to tell you again. I want you to listen. I caught God doing something in my life that is so marvelous. I was watching a YouTube of an evangelist that I had great disdain for. I saw him using tricks. I saw him using emotional connections, trying to whip up the crowd with his words and his music. Holy Spirit was not there. He said he was, but I couldn't in any way determine that. And I disdained him. The next morning, I woke. There was this incredible, overflowing love in my heart for this man. Instead of disdaining him in the spirit, I put my arms out around this man and embraced him and said, you're my brother. And I began to praise Jesus for his life. I began to love this man. Well, why would I do such a thing? One night, I'm utterly disdaining and scorning him, laughing at him. And the next morning, I'm loving this man. Had he changed? No, but I had changed. Instead of disdain and hatred, God took that out of my soul while I was asleep. He has permission to change me. He has permission to do whatever he chooses in my life. He totally changed me. And I began to pray and cry aloud for this man, for a blessing on his ministry, to prosper his ministry to send the real Holy Spirit to just surround this man. And God did that. The Holy Spirit did that in me. Now, has that man changed? No, as far as I know. But I'm still praising God for him, and I'm still praising God for him. Praising God for him. And asking the Holy Spirit, to move in power in his life. You know, I'm not in a place to judge a man's heart. I'm not in a place to speak ill of a man. I love this man. 
because the Holy Spirit loves this man. Now, what I want you to hear is that the Holy Spirit can change your heart just like he changed mine. The man you scorn and hate, you can love and give that person over entirely to the Holy Spirit. And you no longer need to carry in your heart any acid. And some of that acid is burning away your family. Because love of God has not been allowed to change it. It's time, brother, my sister, it's time to let the Lord Jesus Christ have your past. And to have your future. It's time to give to the Holy Spirit all that you are. You can't fix you up any more than you can fix up a corpse or you can put a little lipstick on a corpse. But one look and you say, that's a corpse. Stop trying to put some lipstick on your life. The priest can't help you. He can only condemn you. The Levite, the rituals of the church, they can't help you. It's only the good Samaritan who can rescue you in that desert place. And then nothing else matters. Your history, your past, what you've done, what you haven't done, none of that matters. You were lying almost dead on that road, and Jesus came, and he picked you up, and he put you on his donkey, and he took you to the house of the Holy Spirit. Will you let the Holy Spirit have his way in you and begin to rejoice, begin to praise the name of Jesus and forget about your past and remember now you are presently in the house of the Holy Spirit, and you are safe. And he's transforming you. That's his job, not yours. Let Jesus do his job. Let the Holy Spirit do what he's directed by the Lord for you. And trust him. Trust him. Take care of him, the scriptures say. And whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Oh, did you hear that? Jesus doesn't drop us off at at the house of discipline, at the house of the Holy Spirit, and leave us there. He's coming back. Jesus is coming. 
I believe he's coming in our lifetime. Jesus Christ loves you. Will you allow yourself to sink into his mercy, his kindness? See, I face that. I have a broken leg. Lord did not tell me to go to a doctor. He said, wait upon the Lord. I will carry you through. So right now, I'm on my way being carried to the house of the Holy Spirit. Where I will find healing. Don't be angry, Pastor. Don't be disappointed. Don't be discouraged. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Trust Him. See, this is not make believe stuff, this is real. You feel crippled? You feel broken? Okay, you're on the Jericho Road. The devil's done everything he could to kill you, and he didn't kill you. So rejoice now in the Lord. The Lord God of heaven, Jesus, is the only one who can come and pick you up, carry you to the house of the Holy Spirit. He will take the sin from your heart and he will give to you the purple robe of righteousness. You no longer walk in any known sin. You walk clean before God. Walk with your eyes on Jesus. You walk knowing that you are one with Jesus. Your heart, your mind, you're one with Jesus. Pray. Lord, I love this story of the Good Samaritan because it tells me the story of my Lord and what you have done for me. Jesus, thank you. I praise you and worship you. I ask, Lord, today that my brothers and sisters who are laying on that road, they tried to fix themselves up and they couldn't. They tried to get up, but they couldn't. It was too painful. They did everything in their power to do what people told them, but it didn't work. But Lord, you come. You change us. You give us a new birth. And then you train us up and teach us 
in the school of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I know there are some brothers, some sisters today, who are at the point of giving up and saying it's over. No, it's not over until it's over. It's not over. Don't give up. Trust what Jesus has planned for you. Trust what he's doing right now in the realm of the Spirit for you. Trust what he's doing in you as you sleep. The Spirit of the living God has come forth. Oh Lord, let us trust you. Let us trust the Holy Spirit. Let us trust what you desire for us. Lord, the people of today are, they want to hurry on quickly. They've got things to do and places to be and people to see. And none of that will help them off the road. And none of them, none of those actions, none of those rituals, none of those laws carry them to the house of the the healer, the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray you will give your people the patience to listen. Because I know if they'll listen even to this hour, as they're just listening, your Holy Spirit has already begun to work and change their situation. Lord, I praise you and worship you today. I'm an American. So as an American, Lord, everything in my eyes is looked at through technological. Lord, this is not about a technological thing. This is about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords coming and picking me up and rescuing me and saving my life and transforming me into your daughter or your son. Mighty God, we're so foolish. Holy Spirit tries to help us open our hearts and just repent and then let him clean up the mess. Lord, we don't want to do that. We want to clean up the mess. Holy Spirit, please. By the blood of Jesus, come and heal us and restore to us the joy of our salvation. And by the blood shed at Calvary's cross, wrap us in that purple robe. Lord, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I hope this has been helpful to you. 
If it has, would you let me know? I pray that you will wait upon the Lord God of heaven. That you'll wait on Jesus. That you'll wait on the Holy Spirit. That you'll let go of all of your self-repair, self-cleansing, You'll let the love of the Holy Spirit just flow into your heart. I pray your husband or your wife will experience that joy flowing out of your heart and that you'll never go back to the Jericho Road. There is nothing for you on the Jericho Road except bleeding and dying. There is a heaven. It awaits us. And after the healing, washing, putting us in a robe, purple robe of righteousness, not by our works, by faith in the blood of Jesus, by trusting him, Stop trusting in yourself. Trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we're almost out of time for today's broadcast. I want to thank those of you who have been so kindly giving that carry this radio broadcast, this work of the gospel. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I pray, I ask the Lord to move in my brothers and sisters. Next thing I know, there's a check in the mail or there's an offering on the Internet. God bless you. Write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, that's National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also contact me by going to the webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online. Many do. And also listen to this broadcast today. I ask, would you share this broadcast with friends who are bleeding, who need to hear this message? I pray God will use it. I also pray that many more people will come and on the internet subscribe to our channel put a thumbs up 
How much time do we have? Two minutes. My brother Drew does such a, a great job. Pray for him. Some things in his life he's praying for, and I'm joining him in praying for him. Thank you. Well, brother and sister, that's about all the time we have for today. Lord, I just lift up my heart, and I praise you, and I worship you. I know that you alone are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I pray, Lord God, your mercy upon us. Come, Holy Spirit of the living God. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Oh.